Welcome to Season 3, Episode 12 of Beyond the Zero. I'm your host, Ben. Joining me today is Thomas Moore. Thomas is a writer. His most recent books are Forever and Alone, and they're out now through Amphetamine Sulfate Press. Welcome to the show, Thomas. Hello. Thank you for having me, Ben. So you are living near Wolverhampton in the UK. Do you want to tell us about life over there? Um, yeah, I'm kind of just, just outside Wolverhampton in the suburbs. Um, so Wolverhampton's like in the West Midlands, pretty much bang in the middle of the country not too far from Birmingham. Um, do, you, do you want the UK generally at the moment? Well, the UK generally, it sounds like a bit of a shit show in general, but um, yeah, it sounds like it's better than it was a couple of months ago, but how are things over there? Yeah, it, it doesn't feel too... I, I listened to um, the episode you did with Tom Kendall. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, I kind of agree with what he was saying. It's, I mean, obviously, it's, it's all relative and this place is far far worse um in the world but yeah it's not the uk is not <laughs> a brilliant place to be at the moment yeah yeah it's it's funny because i saw a survey this week about um people being surveyed about uh whether if they had another chance to vote for brexit or not that they probably would have changed their mind so yeah it sounds like a lot of people are having second thoughts about that whole thing yeah i think uh yeah, people are starting to see the, the impact of of certain things that have happened. Price of living crisis and all that kind of stuff, I think it's affecting us here too. But, yeah, I know in Europe and the UK it's, yeah, not very good. No, no, but that's why we write, isn't it, you know? Exactly. <laughs> so I listen to podcasts and read books and write because that's the best way to escape uh, yeah. deeply. <laughs> all right. You've written a number of books and other short works. Do you want to tell us a bit about your background as a writer and guess how you got into writing? Yeah, so um, I've always, always written ever since I was a kid. Um, and it was just something that I kind of, I, I always say like it's just something I feel compelled to do. Uh, I've never been sure why. It's just when I was a kid, I would just spend hours, you know, like if it was a summer holidays from school, like some summers, I think I would, you know, I didn't really have too many friends when I was little. I, I would just stay in and I would just write. I used to make little comic books and things with little characters or um, I'd write sequels to, to films that I'd seen, <laughs> make like little, I wish I still had them actually. But yeah, I'd make like little sequels to uh, to films that I enjoyed and then just start writing stories about people at my school and things like that. It never really showed them to anyone. It was always this really private thing. Um, kind of, I, I studied writing at university and that put me off writing for, for life. <laughs> <laughs> like, when I finished, I was like, yeah, I'm never going to write again. Um, I don't enjoy this. It's taking the fun out of it. Um, and then I, I guess I started writing seriously again, maybe 2005, 2006, 2007. Um, started 
I kind of wrote a blog for a long time and that, that kind of got me in touch with lots of people. Um, and I guess, I guess the first thing that was published was, um, there was stuff in like, you know, fanzines and, and like different small kind of like indie literary journals and stuff. And then the first thing to come out was um, Kitty Punk Press released um, a kind of limited novella called Graves. Um, and then my first novel came out in 2013. That's called A Certain Kind of Light. Um, and then, yeah, from then I'm just carried on doing stuff. So the, um, four novels have come out so far. And then I've done uh, three books of poems on uh, Kitty Punk Press in Paris. Wow. Um, yeah, the last two novels have been on Amphetamine Sulfate and the, the new one, which I'm just editing at the moment, will be on Amphetamine Sulfate as well. Okay, amazing. Well, I've read your two most recent books through Amphetamine Sulfate, Alone and Forever. I loved both of them. They're pretty intensely personal books. They're both written in the first person. They deal with obsession, sex, depression, desire, and the need for love and acceptance. Do you want to tell us a bit more about those two particular books and your experience writing them? Yeah, I think with um, sometimes I think I, I kind of always write about the same themes mm-hmm. without meaning to, but I think each time I feel like I'm getting closer to to what I wanted to do. So I think a breakthrough book of, of my own was um, my second novel in their arms. So with the first novel, I really struggled to various uh, like kind of personal things at the time. Um, I struggled to finish it and to edit it, and someone, a, a friend, helped me edit it. Um, an Australian actually helped me edit that at the time, uh, which which it needed to to that needed to happen for the book to be finished. Um, but for whatever reason, that I kind of knew I needed to start like kind of having great control over my work. So with the second one in their arms, I kind of edited the the hell out of that book. And it was like probably three, four times as long as it is. It's a tiny book. And I just edited it down, 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 down. And doing that kind of made me think about my, my work in a different way. And I kind of, rather than seeing editing as this kind of boring chore at the end of it, it kind of started to feel like very much just the next part of a creative process and editing became very fun. And I think it could be a very creative thing. Um, so I kind of changed the the mindset I had about editing changed, about change writing as well. So alone um, was just like the next step up from that. And I kind of, alone and forever linked. I wrote them in quite a short space of time, really, much quicker than usual. I think partly due to lockdown, I have a lot more time on my own to get stuff done. Um, and also I was just, at the moment I feel more like, um, I feel like I'm constantly kind of getting closer to what I want to do with my writing. Um, so each book feels like a bit of a bit more of a breakthrough towards that. Mm, that's really interesting. With these two books, particularly Forever, like it does have, I guess, a, a plot, uh, to it it's funny for, for me like the plot is kind of almost it's like incidental mm. um 
not something that kind of interests me in, in how I write. So um, when I write, I kind of, I've got a feeling that I'm trying to create, but I've got this kind of, it's all really abstract, I guess, and it's it's <laughs> doesn't make it too, and, it's, it, and due to that, it's not particularly an entertaining thing to describe or talk about, but it, I get this feeling that I want to get close to, and the writing is all about trying to get capture that, um, and everything else around it is is kind of the kind of machinery to get there. So, like, plot isn't important. I, I never think of the plot first. I always think of the mood first. Yeah. Um, and like the tone first. And the, I've got this this feeling that I know I need to get for whatever reason that I'm going to try and chase, and the other stuff just kind of falls into place around that. If that makes sense. Yeah. With those with those areas and themes, I guess, can you describe that process of what you're trying to get to? Because I know with both these books, there is quite a lot about uh, that idea of, of finding acceptance, but also like experiencing those really deep moments of despair and depression and, you know, and I guess suicidal ideation and things like that. Yeah, I think alone, I think it's about finding, excuse me, finding like, um, acceptance of yourself almost it's not about finding it's kind of about pushing away all, all the stuff that society kind of puts puts on you makes you kind of want to assimilate into um I think they're very yeah they are very kind of personal themes um I, I kind of take little bits of, of my life and use some of those but change them so like, I can't say the, the narrator in either book is me. In, um, there's bits of me in there. Um, but you kind of warp it and change it to, to fit the mood and the tone that I'm, I'm kind of going for. Mm. Um, it's funny, sometimes you, like, you, you look back at the books and then you kind of realise what they're about. Um, so I think a lot of it, to me at the moment, when I look back at the last, last three books, last three novels, they all seem to be about communication in some way um kind of communicating whether that's communicating actually you know people communicate with each other there's a lot about kind of online communication things like that um there's a lot about how um communication is kind of impossible because I've, I've got this big thing about like the how language fails and that's a massive kind of like obsession of mine so like the kind of ability to communicate um, the methods we use to communicate. I mean, it's, I guess, I guess the books are communicating kind of heavy feelings, you know, like you say, grief and um, loss. And then, yeah, a, a lot of it's to do with kind of just the language in there. And, and like I say, I'm, I'm convinced uh, I've got this obsession with kind of like pointing out that language can't do what it's, it's set up to do. And I, mm. I don't know, <laughs> but I feel like that's what I, I need to, need to write about with categorizing books which i think is just a human nature thing to do i suppose these kind of go into a, a category that's that's a bit different to your regular novel because they aren't straight plot driven novels they are you know they're kind of very personal tales they're you know they're first person and i guess they go into some kind of alternative space in terms of literature do you have i guess a characterization that you'd like to to give to your novels or are they something that you think are just, you know, pretty unique? I, it, it depends on 
you know, the person reading them. Because at the end of the day, you know, whatever you write, it's going to be a collaboration between you and whoever's holding the book and reading it. So um, whatever they think, it, you know, I've seen it kind of given a few labels, but none of them really fit to me. I don't really like the term trans, you know, when people say transgressive mm. writing, that doesn't mean anything. And um, I guess people say like experimental writing. Um, I guess that's maybe closer to, to it maybe, but then was it William Burroughs said every writing is an experiment, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's, I, I, I'm not really one for tags and labels and things. Yeah, um, I kind of don't like to pin things down. I think, and that's another thing, the books a lot of the time. I think with the um, you know the, the failures of language because language tries to pin things down. Yeah, and I think the most interesting things can't be described mm. really with can't sum them up. And I think the grey areas are where you get the most interesting things in life a lot of the time. Yeah. No, I think I completely agree with that. And I think with this novel, I think it's one of those things that I really enjoyed being plunged into without really much background into, you know, into you or into your work. I think plunging into these books, and they are relatively short books. They're, they're pretty quick to read. I think I read both in probably an afternoon. They are the kind of books you can plunge into, and they are extremely addictive books to read so I think they they are the kind of books that I don't want to categorize too much because I think they're, they're the kind of books that you should just experience and not not read too much about them beforehand and certainly you know just just immerse yourself in them that's really cool thank you one of the I guess the selling points for me on this book as well was having Dennis Cooper's name on the back and obviously you know people like Kitty Punk and Amphetamine Sulfate but um do you want to tell us about Dennis Cooper Yep. Um, I mean, simply, I think he's the kind of greatest living writer at the moment. Um, I, I, you know, obviously influenced by stuff, but just influenced by kind of how he kind of operates in general. Um, like his, his, you know, there's, there's times with, I always tend to think of books and records and arts and films. I try and think of it as the same thing rather than try and lump them in. So I try and think, you know, a book has the, the equal weight of a record and that's the equal weight of a film. You know, any form is, any creativity is creativity. And, you know, it doesn't really matter about the form. And I think with that, you have certain moments in your life when, you know, there's no going back. So, like, the first time I listened to Sonic Youth, for example, that was, like, a, a game-changer music-wise, you know. That time changed how I thought about music um, and the same with Dennis Cooper. Like first time I read Dennis Cooper's work, it was just like, fuck. <laughs> it's kind of, it was one of the few times in my life I've read something and just thought this is, you know, I was meant to find these books. These books kind of do with, with writing what I've, you know, what I think writing should do. Um, yeah, he's just, and if you look at the influence that he's had, the books first are just stunning and peerless, and then the the influence that Dennis has had over so many different artists, like writers, visual artists, filmmakers, blah blah blah, is just incredible. And I think that's testament to you know to, to how strong his work is. Endlessly fascinating. There's no one else. There's lots of people with who've been influenced by him, but no one can actually do what what 
Dennis does. Um, I think like his last book, his most recent novel, I wished it was just like, you know, he's still writing the best work of it <laughs> that he's ever done. Every time a book comes out, it tops the last one. Wow. I'm horribly ignorant and uh, of Dennis Cooper. I know that like he's blurbed a whole lot of books that I've loved and I still mm. haven't got one of his books into this country yet. Maybe that's Australian censorship. I don't know, but um, <laughs> we'll see. We'll wait for Australia Post to deliver them because I've ordered a few. So hopefully they'll get here. Yeah, well, yeah. Which what, what have you ordered? I've ordered the, that last one, like I wished, wished, and um, yeah, a few of his other works. I think the Marble Storm. I think I've got an order as well. So yeah, there's a few yeah. there. That's like both of those books are kind of. I would say maybe strange places to start with his work. Mm. Um, but they're both incredible. They're both incredible. Um, yeah. I started with the, the George Miles cycle, which are like five novels that kind of interconnect with each other. Um, as closer frisk, try, guide and period. Yeah. And uh, that's just astonishing. My Loose Thread is an amazing book as well about these kind of high school uh, shootings and yeah. God Gene amazing. There's, there's not there's not a book he's done that, you know, that hasn't just kind of taken my brain out and rearranged how I think about writing. Mm. Yes, it's uh, definitely a big blind spot for me. I do have to fill it and I'm hoping to do that next year. We'll see how we go. I think he's just so supportive of young writers as well and young art well mm. different types of artists he's kind of he makes it um i know he's he kind of he he sees himself as an anarchist and i think part of that you know he kind of decentralizes power by using the standing he's got to help support um other artists and yeah he's he's been massively supportive of me as he's been massively supportive of like countless other other writers and, and artists and musicians and stuff. Yeah. Nicest guy. Yeah, his blog is fantastic. His blog is just such a great place to, to see new work that you've just never heard of. So he's definitely introduced me to quite a few people. Yeah. Amazing. Cool. We have a couple of listener questions for you. Um, Seth from Sydney asks, how does isolation feed into your writing process? I guess with the last two, very directly because it... Um, with lockdown the last couple of years um i mean it feels like a bit of a blur now um but that just gave me a lot more time to sit and then write um isolation in general i get i guess that's just natural if you're a writer because you you do just have to sit on your own and and write with no one else there and um that's my favorite thing i'm very um happy in my own company. Um, like, I'm very social, don't get me wrong. I've got, you know, I love kind of seeing friends and, and do that quite a lot and stuff. But I'm really, um, I'm one of these strange people who's, who genuinely, I, I never feel bored. Um, if I'm on my own, like my, you know, I'm happy to sit with my own imagination for forever, really. Um, so, yeah, I guess... I guess you need that to to be a writer. I guess it goes hand in hand, maybe. Interesting. Okay. Because it feels like, I guess, with your characters in these two books anyway, like there is a sense that they are 
fairly isolated too. Yeah, yeah, I guess um, <laughs> who isn't? That's kind of how I think. I think, um, you know, I, I think there's nothing wrong with that either. I think there's, um, you know, everyone kind of feels that isolation in, in some way, um, as much as you can feel connection to other people, you know, I think. But I think it's a really powerful thing, like with Alone. I think at some points it almost felt like a manifesto, like a kind of, I love kind of being alone in a lot of ways. Mm. Um, I just love kind of having the relationship that I have with myself, if that, if, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I think that's a really important to me. I think I'm one of the, <laughs> without saying too, you know, I'm one of my favorite people to spend time with. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's very, a good thing. Yeah, and I, don't get me wrong, years of therapy, but like, I think a lot of people struggle with that, and I, I see that every day, and I kind of really wish that people were more comfortable with themselves. Um, I think if you can be, you just genuinely, you know, you don't, you don't care what other people think in, in a really healthy way, and I think I've, I've got to that through, um, you know, a, a series of events, you know, something clicked one day that... Yeah, I really kind of like myself in, in, and I'm very happy and confident in myself. Um, and it's hard to get to in this kind of world. Um, but I think if you can get there, that's half a battle one. Yeah. I think it, it that well, you, you kind of can understand others a lot better as well. That's really cool. That's really nice to hear as well. Normally we just like tell sub stories on this show, so that's great. <laughs> I'm a pretty positive person. I think <laughs> it's really good to hear. Yeah. Um, all right, we have another listener question from Shane Jesse Christmas. Uh, he asked, um, "You seem to have increased your output of writing recently. Is there something you can put that down to?" Um, like I say, I think um, I'll say thanks to Shane as well because he's an amazing writer. Um, I'm a big, big fan of of his books. Um, yeah, it's sped up. I think. Lockdown for the last two, that's that's sped that up. Just had more time to do it. There were less uh, spinning plates with kind of other things that kind of take time away from me. Um, and also, I just feel very like I want to get it done. I want to get this stuff done. It's writing is kind of the most important thing to me, yeah, like in my life. Um, and I think it's getting close to something that I want it to be, which feels kind of really exciting. So I kind of, I want to spend as much time doing that. So I think, yeah, I'm definitely, yeah, it's it's definitely spent. I think the first novel, 2013, second one was 2016. And then it was like 2020 and 2021, two came out in, in quick succession. Mm. And I'll, I'll have another one out next year. So yeah, it's sped up. I think lockdown started that, um, and also the work's just kind of just coming at the moment. One thing I want to ask you about, and I'll ask you about amphetamine sulfate press in a minute, mm -hmm. but I'm I'm really curious in terms of this style of writing because I feel it is quite niche. Is there, I guess, a plan to market this to like a more mainstream audience? Because I feel like this is something that. You know, it should be out there more, but I feel like it is 
a little bit niche. And when I was looking you up, you do have kind of a common name, no offense, but <laughs> um, it's one of those names when you have to kind of look for Thomas More, you know, the author of Alone or the author of Forever to find you, because otherwise you get a lot of historical figures, you get a lot of, you know, other people. But yeah. I guess, how do you look at getting your work out there a little bit more? I think the profile of the work's kind of got slightly big. I mean, it's, don't get me wrong, you know, we're kind of, it's, it's an underground thing, isn't it? But uh, I think the profile of the work's got high over the last few years. I guess it's not something I think about much. I'm very aware that, like, there's, I get a lot of messages from people I don't know, like, on a weekly basis. It's kind of, I think there's not too many people know about my work, but really, luckily, a lot of people who do kind of connect with it in quite a, you know, a lot of them are artists themselves and writers themselves, and because of that, I think I think they they get into the work and connect with it quite strongly. So I get a lot of messages from people um, about the work all the time, and that feels like a, a win in itself. You know, that people are finding it. People find the work somehow if they're meant to find it. Mm. Um, a lot of the stuff. There's very few. Just looking around my study, there's very few like books on my shelves from like major presses and things. There's a few here and there, but most of the stuff I like is from like independent presses. Um, so I think that's just the, op- the kind of world I operate in, really. Well, I'll ask about Amphetamine Sulfate Press because I think they're doing some amazing work. How yeah. have you found working with them and what are some of your favourite writers that they're putting out? Oh, it's working with... Uh, so it's, Amphetamine Sulfate is run by Philip Best and Philip is, is just a dream to work with. Um He's like the most supportive, um, like passionate publisher. Uh, we we talk quite a lot, um, and he he genuinely yeah, he does it because he he loves and he's passionate about the stuff that he puts out, um, as well as being like insanely amazing writer himself. And um, so I guess. Um, I can talk about the writers. Do you want to know how I kind of hooked up with with Amphetamine Sulfate? Yeah. So, like, I'm a huge, huge music fan. I like a lot of kind of experimental stuff. And and Philip, obviously, um, has his roots in in kind of the, you know, he was like a pioneer. He was in in White House when he was, like, 14 or 15. Uh, Like, kind of... um, And, like, to this day, he's been, you know... He's done like amazing records and consumer electronics. I'm a big fan of them. Um, so basically, I think in 2018, I had a book of poems published by Kitty Punk uh, called When People Die. And um, Philip had posted a picture on, on Facebook, which I'm not on, like holding a book and saying something really complimentary about it. Um, and my friend got in touch with me and said, you will love this, Philip Best has got your book and to me like i was like philip best knowing who i am is exciting let alone being a fan of the work mm. so i kind of sent an email saying you know wow thank you for you know bigging up my stuff um, and we just started talking from there um and he offered to put something out so the first thing we did was a collaboration between myself and um stephen pertil he's this amazing visual artist um and we did like a like a limited edition book called um, Small Talk at the Clinic, where we kind of wrote, I kind of wrote 
texts, like these short texts that responded to images that Stephen had made. And then he'd make images that responded to the text and, and back and forth. Um, and it was just working with Philip was just easy. Then he, he offered to put out the, the next novel. Um, and yeah, I see myself working with Philip for for as long as they'll have me. Um, like I like, he's put out so many stuff. I mean, like any anything he's put out is good because he's you know, they've got great taste. But I mean, I'm going to forget people. Um, so no offense, if I, but the books that the Isabel Nicou books he's put out are just incredible. He's put out three of her books. Um, and there's just unparalleled. Um, Audrey Sass is an amazing writer. Um, her last uh, novel, especially Zealous Immaculate, was yeah, she's like the, the kind of modern day Marquis de Sade or something. Uh, Chris Seisheg, the magician. Ev everything they've done is um, of a really high standard. And uh, so I, I would recommend checking out <laughs> uh, Vetmin Sulfate. Mm. I'm actually currently reading slowly, very slowly, their new collection, um, Human Rights, which you feature in, as well as Shane, Jesse Christmas, and Mr. Best as well. Oh, it's a great collection. I think, um, oh, Shane's book, actually, the, the, um, the uh, Sex Shops of Sherman Oates is, is an amazing book as well. Um, he's kind of like a modern-day Burroughs or something, the way he writes. It's got that kind of fever dream stuff. Mm. That, that book was quite interesting because it was um, the uh, human rights that you mentioned because it's a sci-fi um, anthology. Um, and Philip asked me to write for it and sci-fi is a genre I have little to shit with and little to no interest in. Um, it's just, I, I think the problem's with me. I know there's great sci-fi there. I've got friends who are into stuff, but it, it's not, not my bag. Um, it's not what I'm interested in. And so I, I politely declined. And Philip was like, well, you know, have a go at your version of sci-fi. <laughs> um, in this way, Philip can be very uh, uh, convincing. <laughs> so he, he, my version of a sci-fi story, I don't know how sci-fi it is, but he, uh, he managed to get me to write something for it. And I was quite happy with with uh, the piece that came, actually. Hmm. Well, it does, it does involve Instagram, uh, so I think that possibly has some definite sci-fi slash horror roots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, very much. And I, it's funny because I wrote the story a while back before the whole... Um, so the story's got parallels with the kind of free Britney thing. Mm -hmm. It's about this kind of pop star, media star, you don't quite know, who's kind of manipulated by um, some kind of shadowy powers behind the scenes. Um, and I kind of wrote it before the whole Free Britney thing uh, kicked off and and there were various delays with the book um, and in, in the time, I think it was meant to come out but if it had come out when it, when it did, I would have looked like a bit of a kind of suit say, but it came out after <laughs> the Free Britney like I've kind of jumped on the spot I was there first <laughs> <laughs> Oh well well, you heard it here first You you actually, yeah, you've written a Britney story before it happened I, I freed Britney. <laughs> Personally. Yeah. With your book that's coming out in 2023, do you want to tell us a little bit about that, if you can? Yeah, I can't say 
too much so far, but it's called Your Dreams. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's kind of about the... It's about the difference between people's fantasies and realities and how distant they are, how removed they are. Because I think a lot of the time people think that there's a fine line between a fantasy and doing something. But I, I think the relationship between reality and the imagination is a lot thicker than um, you might realise sometimes. Mm. So it's uh, the difference between what goes on in people's heads and, and how that actually, what it's like if, if any of that actually manifests, you know, into reality. Okay. In terms of length, it, can we expect something similar to the previous two books? I'm editing at the moment, so it's uh, I'm, I'm chopping chunks out and kind of revising bits. At the moment, it's longer. Mm-hmm. Um but we'll see, like, Forever was probably twice as long um, in its first. Um, because I'm kind of really, really into, like, just taking stuff out that doesn't need to be there. Um, so I think that's more impactful. It's, uh, and also, like, some of my kind of, some of the books that kind of changed my, changed my life or whatever, my favourite books are really short novels. Just love the idea of, of those really short uh, thin novels. Okay, very cool. Well, looking forward to seeing it out when it comes out. Let's talk about some of your gateway books. What were some of the books that opened the world of literature for you? So, um, first one I think I need to talk about is uh, George Bataille, The uh, Story of the Eye. Um, that was one I read at university. That's probably the the best thing I got about from three years of doing a degree <laughs> was that I got to read <laughs> George Bataille um, and it was kind of a very similar effect to uh, reading Dennis Cooper it kind of legitimised a lot of stuff that I wanted to write about so I was always compelled to write about kind of sex and death and stuff like that and I didn't know why and um, it was hard to to write that stuff almost when I was when I was trying to at first. And then when I read George Bataille, when I read Story of the Eye, something clicked and it, it was like you can write about this stuff in a really literate way and it can be absolutely a really kind of actual uh really moving and kind of deep and beautiful experience. Um so that was massive. That was massive. Um who else? Um Again, another French writer. A lot of French writers have kind of had have been gateway for me for whatever reason. Um, the Malady of Death by Marguerite Duras. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like a she. I mean, I love all of her books, but that book, it's um, it's tiny. It's tight. It's short as anything I've ever written, which is like <laughs> saying something. Um, I bought it when I was um, in Paris visiting uh, Michael Salerno, who runs uh, Kitty Punk, and visiting Dennis Cooper. Um, I bought it from Shakespeare and Company, the bookshop there. Um, and I kind of took it back to my hotel, had a bath, read that book, and it was just like this dreamlike experience. Um, it's one of these books where you don't quite know, not, not much is happening, and you don't quite have a grasp of 
who the people are inside it. It's a very ghostly feeling, um, very sparse, but like it carried like the, the weight of it that is left with you kind of, you know, it's never left, you know, which is amazing. Um, who else? Yeah, Dennis Cooper. Like I say, it's hard to choose a favourite, but um, any of the George Miles cycle, that's the first stuff I read. Um, and like his latest book, I guess that we'll talk about newer books later on. So yeah, Dennis Cooper, Gateway. Um, there's a writer who really um, I'd not read anything like him before called Lawrence Braithwaite. He, I never hear anything about. Um, he was part of a new narrative scene from, uh, I don't know if he was from San Francisco, but I know a lot of the new narrative stuff kind of came from there. Um, and he wrote two books, uh, one called uh, Wigger, and uh, one called Rats Are Nice. Um, he, he didn't live too long. So he, his third book, um, I, was, I, was, I was given a, a file of it, so I have read it. It's amazing, but he, he's a writer who um, I, I I just want everyone listening to go and track down a book by Lawrence Brace. Like, get Wigger, and just it's unparalleled. It's 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 kind of it, it, I hate when people say it. It's, it feels like you know schizophrenic, but it really does jump between so many different like. Uh, language styles of language and sentence and mindset it, it's just increased it's just assault um and uh, there's been like a big um i think the, the celebration of a new narrative stuff like the last few years and um i think because i think from what i understand he, he was a very difficult character and he didn't write that much he doesn't really get his dues but yeah lawrence braceway kind of uh definitely changed how I look at writing and books and how to, how to use narrative. Um, members of the stuff that you kind of, like William Burroughs, I think kind of being, you know, someone like a, a queer writer into experimental stuff. I think Burroughs just gets into your DNA at an early age. Um, I think I feel different about some of his work now than what I used to, but he, he was a good gateway writer in terms of reading him led on to other things. So learning about William Burroughs meant that I learned about Dennis Cooper and that had led me down certain pathways. Uh, yeah, so yeah, Marguerite Duras, Dennis Cooper, Lawrence Braithwaite. With Braithwaite, where, where is he from? He's American. The Wigger came out on Arsenal Pulp Press in 1995. Okay, so fairly recent. Okay, I'll have to track him down. I think he might be Canadian, and it's the book is dedicated to Sonic Youth and Slayer. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we move on to the books you are currently reading, or you've recently enjoyed, or you're looking forward to? Yep. Um, the last few years, it, it just seems like kind of independent publishing is... Um, is in a really good place. I'm just looking. I'm kind of surrounded physically by a lot of those books at the moment. My mind's not very organised, so also I should probably put Yukio Mishima Confessions of a Mask into a game as well, um, for similar reasons to Batai. 
um, legitimising sex and violence in a literary way. Um, but yeah, recent stuff, let's look. Uh, this year, the Isabel Niku book um, is, is probably the best. Um, my favourite book, if I was pushed, uh, that came out on amphetamine sulfate. Um, Isabel says they Philip translated two of her old, older books from the early 2000s um, and then this new one was um, Stricture uh, came out this year and it's just like um, just strange very personal quite surreal at points but like it's so well written, like every single like uh, syllable. It feels like it's purposely in the right place. Um, loved everything that Audrey Zass has done uh, recently. We just did um, a really cool event in New York uh, where it was the five years of amphetamine sulfate. Um, and Philip did a, a kind of, we did a reading there. Um, I mean, Audrey read with um, Adam Lehrer and Casey Hall, who translated um, Isabel's stuff, and Philip read as well. And we kind of all went to New York and did this amazing night, um, just reading our works and kind of celebrating the, the kind of the future of amphetamine sulfate. And that was kind of like a dream come true. What else is on the pile? I've loved uh, Lindsay Lerman's writing. Um, her last book, What Are You, is just beautiful. Um, I've liked the translations of the Guillaume Dustin works, um, like a French writer who died of AIDS, and Semiotext have kind of been bringing his stuff, translating his novels and bringing them back because they were kind of all out of print. I think it's just such a cool time for books. Um, Nate, Nate Lippin's My Dead Book, is one of my favourite books of the last kind of decade. Uh, Dennis Cooper, I Wished, um, is just a crazy book. It kind of, it's Dennis Cooper talking about, um, he's trying to talk about his real life relationship with George Miles, who is kind of a muse of a lot of his work has been based on. I guess I'd tell people to have a look at my Instagram because I always post books on there and reviews. <laughs> and it's so, two or three years, like independent publishing, it's it's like almost hard to keep up with. Yeah. Um, so much. It feels like a really exciting time, I think. It feels like uh, records kind of had that time a while ago. There's like lots of, you know, indie labels putting out different records. And it feels like for the writing kind of underground at the moment, the last two or three years has just been phenomenally exciting. Yeah, it has been. I think that like the indie presses, they've just grown so much over the last few years. And I think that social media environment like really does uh support yeah. of these indie presses which is amazing absolutely in terms of stuff i'm looking forward to um and this is a very main mainstream writer i guess uh brett easton ellis his new novel mm. is out in january um he he uh he's a writer who i think a lot of people get wrong and he's, you know, he'll be known for like American Psycho, but his, his stuff is actually um, a lot more deep and beautiful than I think um, he gets credit for. And his new book, The Shards, he serialized it on his podcast during lockdown. So I've 
heard a lot of it and I'm looking forward to reading the actual kind of edited uh, published version of it comes out in January. That sounds really good. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, and also Philip Best. Philip Best has got some, and Audrey's ass, so I've got some new stuff coming out in the new year, um, which I'm excited about because Philip doesn't, uh, there's not enough of his writing out there. Um, so I'm looking forward to what, what he does. We'll take a quick break here on Beyond the Zero. We're speaking with Thomas Moore. This episode is brought to you by the war in Ukraine, inflation, climate change, and the new Mariah Carey album. <laughs> Available now. We're back on Beyond the Zero. It's time for Thomas's Desert Island Books. looking around so I'd have to choose one Dennis Cooper book I'd take Period by Dennis Cooper I would take um, I'd have to take a Joan Didion book because she's another writer who's very kind of important to me um, yeah I'd take Play It As It Lays I would take Spread Eagle by Kevin Killian um, amazing kind of pioneer of a new narrative um, who sadly died a couple of years ago and he was really supportive to me early on when I first started writing he um, helped me find publishers and stuff early on I'd take one of the Lawrence Brace I'd take Wigger by Lawrence Brace wait. maybe I'd take some Sylvia Plath I'm trying to think yeah she was important as well I'd take The Bell Jar by Sylvia Plath and then I'd die very quickly because I, I, I hate uh, camping so <laughs> the books would be worth <laughs> and I'd be uh, <laughs> I'd be eaten by whatever animals are on the island. Up until that point, it sounds pretty good. We will wrap it up in a sec. But before we do, do you want to tell us where we can go and find you online and where we can go and buy your books? Yeah, so Instagram, I'm, I'm uh, Thomas Moronic, one word, uh, on there. And I use that probably more than any other thing. I'm on um, Twitter as well, but I don't use that as much. Uh, same name, Thomas Moronic. Um, and then if you look at the Amphetamine Sulfite website and the Kitty Punk website, those are my two publishers, um, and they've both got my stuff on there. Well, thank you very much. It's been lovely chatting with you. And, um, yeah, I wish you lots of success with your new book and all of your reading and writing projects next year. Thank you, Ben. It's been absolutely lovely talking to you despite this cold. But, yeah, thank you for having me. Thanks again to Thomas Moore. Check out the show notes for all the details. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at BeyondZeroPod, and you can email us at BeyondZeroPod at gmail.com. You can support this podcast by heading over to patreon.com and searching for Beyond the Zero. We'll be back with the next episode very soon.